Thank you so much for having me. It's been, it's been a, a great, great joy seeing old friends and meeting new people and playing touch rugby. I mean, that was such a joy, I have to say. And um, it was particularly pleasurable considering um, my first illustration about playing fly half and, op and opportunities opening up, gaps opening up in front of you. And there were one or two moments when the gaps <laughs> opened up in front of me, which I then wasted. <laughs> um, I don't know what to take from that. Anyway, so um, for this session, um, I plan to do something on, on Peter and um, addressing our past and dealing with failure and things like that, going back to the start. But um, I felt actually this afternoon we should actually talk about Mary and about fear. So we're going to talk about this, the, one of my, probably apart from Jesus, my favourite character in the Bible. My favourite story of someone discovering the purpose of their life is the story of Mary. So why don't we uh, read this? It's uh, Luke chapter 2. Oh no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Luke uh, chapter 1 and verse 26. Luke chapter 1, verse 6. So many things on here. Now, now that I can give them presents, I'm going to have to put this with my cup of tea. Okay, Luke chapter 1 and verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an, the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was, was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me according to your word. And the angel left her. If you want a life of purpose, it's really quite simple. It means saying yes to God. The call of God comes in the form of an invitation, or quite like a proposal, and our job is to say yes. God invites us, and we say yes. This is what Mary does in this story. God comes to her uh, through the angel Gabriel and invites her into this extraordinary calling, and Mary says yes, and saying yes to God. This is as simple as it gets. But in order to say yes to God, 
normally we have to overcome something. And normally it's fear that we have to overcome. But actually, in order to enter the purposes of God, you normally have to overcome something. Uh, so for David, it was overcoming criticism. For Jonah, it was overcoming reluctance. For Peter, it was overcoming failure. For Moses, it was also overcoming failure. Uh, for Samuel, it was overcoming his youth. No matter who you are, embracing the call of God on your life will mean having to overcome something. But I think for almost all of us, that thing that we have to overcome will include an element of fear. When you look at God's call of people in the Bible, almost always it starts with, do not be afraid. That's the first thing that God says to people, is do not be afraid. And that's because God's call is frightening. This is true of, of all things. Um, saying yes to God means overcoming, uh, saying yes to, to God means overcoming something. Actually saying yes to people sometimes means overcoming something. Uh, when I proposed to Tara, uh, Tara had to overcome uh, actually a number of things. One of, <laughs> one of her things was um, a fear of uh, mouthy noises. Uh, so I don't know, she has this thing called misophonia. Do you know about this thing? It's, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is misophonia. Um, it is, uh, you can look it up on Wikipedia. Uh, so um, there are only a few studies, admittedly. Uh, but 80% uh, of the sounds are related to the mouth. Eating, slurping, chewing or popping gum, whispering, whistling, etc. Um, and uh, reactions to the triggers can include aggression towards the origin of the sound, <laughs> leaving, remaining in its presence but suffering, and trying to block it or trying to mimic the sound. And uh, <laughs> particularly severe cases of misophonia may result in violent impulses towards the source of the sound. And uh, so when Tara and I discovered this, that explained a lot about our marriage. So uh, Tara has this thing, misophonia, and uh, this was something, a major thing that she had to overcome uh, when, uh, when she said yes to me. But we're always having to overcome these things, and particularly fear. Why is fear such an important part of embracing the call of God? Well, I think it's, it's something to do with the nature of God's call, which is that God's call is always disruptive. God's call on our life always disrupts our life in some way. It disrupts our location. So God says to Abraham, Go, leave your family, go off to a new place that I'm going to show you. It means um, disrupting our work. God's, Jesus called to the first disciples and they leave their nets and they follow him. They leave the tax collector's booth and they follow him. It disrupts our work. It can disrupt our relationships. What Mary is being called to here is a severe disruption to her relationships. She is engaged to Joseph, and uh, by all accounts, Joseph is a great guy. So he's honourable, he's of royal stock, let us not forget. And he's also a carpenter, so he's practical as well. The perfect guy, really. <laughs> and in saying yes to the, the call of God on her life here will mean the end of that relationship. Not only that, uh, but she will, in, by all expectations, never get married and her family will cut her off. So it's disruptive to her relationships. It's disruptive to her safety. The expectation is that she would be stoned for adultery. And so it is disruptive, and so it's natural that she would be afraid. 
And God's call on our life is always disruptive in some way, disruptive to our lifestyle, disruptive to our routine. And the other reason why the call of God is frightening is because the call of God almost always exposes our weaknesses. The purposes of God on our life do not conceal our weaknesses, they expose our weaknesses. So Mary is called to this great, um, to this great purpose, which is to have a child, which immediately exposes the major weakness which is, she is a virgin. And she says, how can this be? Because I am a virgin. And um, this is a major disqualification, in case you didn't know, uh, in, terms of, in terms of having a baby. And suddenly this thing is brought to the surface. And actually this is something that, that we see so much. When you, when you enter the call of God, it doesn't conceal your weaknesses, it exposes your weaknesses. So going down to, to Brighton and St. Peter's, it's exposed insecurities and disorganization and fears and problems and, and my tendency towards isolation, all kinds of things is exposed through embracing the call of God. And so it is frightening. God's call is always frightening. And so in order to embrace the call of God, we have to find a way of overcoming that fear. It doesn't mean do not feel afraid. Actually, because we can't control our feelings. Um, a friend of mine, explained um, difficult feelings to me like this. I found it so helpful. And if you, um, thank you so much. Um, if you find this, um, this might not be helpful for you, but uh, I found it helpful, so I'll do it for my own sake. So, um, he said, when you have um, uncomfortable emotions, so uh, fear, hatred, jealousy, insecurity, whatever they might be, um, imagine your, your internal life is like a house. This is the, the floor pattern of a house. Uh, apologies to any architects. Uh, so that is the front door. <laughs> so what happens is uh, an emotion comes to the front door. Uh, so let's say this works for anything. Say um, you're, you've got a work colleague, they're, they're your friend, and they get promoted instead of you. And you think, oh... I hope they do a bad job, and I'm just, I just resent this. And you fit the thing you feel, you're, you don't want to feel that because they're your friend, and yet you find, you think, I should be promoted instead of them, and you just find yourself feeling that. And that comes to the front door. Um, what you can do is, one option is you slam the front door, and you say, no, this, this is not something I'm going to feel. I'm not, this is, no, I, I like my friend. Uh, but what happens then is you don't actually have those kind of controls over your emotions. So what happens is the emotion breaks in through a window in the back and starts affecting your behaviour in ways that you can't control. You go, oh, no, no, I'm happy for him, happy for him, idiot. And, and you, oh no, I didn't even mean to say that, it just, it just came out. So much better is to invite the emotion through the front door and acknowledge it and then talk with it. And say, so, okay, this is interesting. I'm, I'm feeling jealous of my friend because he's been promoted <coughs> instead of me. Okay, this is interesting. What, what am I going to do about it now? And then you can decide what you're going to do. Well, actually, um, I'm going to, although I feel this, I'm going to pray for him every day that he's successful in his work. And I'm going to encourage him every day. And I'm going to behave uh, not according to what I'm feeling. I recognize that. I'm going to behave differently. Because actually, the one who is in our heart is Jesus. 
who can touch and transform anything that we're going through. And that can uh, change anything. Anyway, anyway, I find that uh, helpful when it comes to emotions. So Mary is experiencing fear. And it's not that the solution isn't to try not to feel fear. It's trying to work out a way of overcoming that fear. And Mary is utterly terrified. And yet she finds a way of saying yes, even so. And this is, this is the life of purpose. We're scared and we say yes. We're scared and we say yes. We're scared and we say yes. And Mary is not just scared. Mary is actually uh, really scared. The Greek word is, I think, uh, um, which is a um, composite word. So you have the word, uh, that's from the root word, terrasso, uh, which means to be uh, really frightened. And then that's dire, which means thoroughly. So um, Zechariah, in the previous chapter, when the angel Gabriel appears to Zechariah, he is Tarasso. He's really frightened. Mary is dire Tarasso. Um, in fact, this is a word that occurs only once in the whole of the New Testament. No one is, no one is described as being as frightened as Mary is in this story. And yet... She says yes to God. Not only that, she's also um, confused. So dia log gets. Uh, I can just make it up. Um, log, uh, <laughs> log, uh, log get. Uh, yeah, like that. Sorry. So obvious. Um, so, um, <laughs> which means, um, which means confused. Uh, which means confused. So she doesn't actually understand what's going on. It's not like she's afraid. She can see what she needs to do, but it's just a bit frightening, and knows it's going to be right. She is also just can't work out why, why this is happening. And yet, despite her deep fear and her confusion, she says yes to God. Is that something I'm doing? No, okay, that's good. That's the main thing. Um, so she's, she's terrified, and yet she's able to say yes. And it's not just any yes. So when she says yes, she says, good night, uh, let it be as you have said. This is a full embracing yes. This is not, um, okay, um, fine, whatever you want. This is, let's do this. I'm all in. Make it so. Let's go for this. Let's go for this. I'm, I'm totally on board. Mary, who is more frightened than anyone else that we find in the Bible, embraces the call of God most fully of all the people in the Bible. This is what makes Mary so extraordinary. How does she do this? How does she embrace the call of God? Well, uh, two things. Uh, it's because she's full of something deeper and she's attached to something stronger. First of all, she is full of something deeper. It says that she is, um, the angel comes to her and says, Mary, who is highly favored or full of grace. And the angel uh, the angel saying that she's been filled 
with grace. Um, now, the word for uh, being filled with grace uh, is care, care um, sorry, that's uh, care, yeah, I might just need to check this one, carid, uh, carid, to, men, as, ne, like that. Um, and that has at its root uh, charis, which is the word for grace. And it's in the perfect tense, which means uh, something's happened in the past that creates a present situation. So I broke that window last year. It could be um, mended now. I have broken that window. means something's happened in the past. means the window is now broken. Uh, that's the perfect tense. And uh, that is the word used of Mary. She has been filled with grace. God has done something in her, has poured in grace into her life, which has prepared her for this moment. Filled with grace. What is grace? Well, grace is God's undeserved goodness and kindness and favour. And what is grace? Well, grace is like um, breakfast at the Gumbles. Uh, let me give an example. Uh, so the other day, I'd made flapjacks. It's the only thing I can make. I'd made flapjacks the night before, and uh, that morning, during breakfast, our children who are eight, six, four, and two, uh, they were all having their, their cereal, and um, I was getting the flapjacks out of the, the tray, and they were a bit stuck, um, so I was using um, a sharp knife to dig out the flapjacks. So I was holding the tray with one hand, and digging out the flapjacks with the other, and, and I slipped and jabbed the knife into my hand. And I knew as soon as it gone in that I was in trouble. They'd gone really deep. I was, and I rushed over to the tap, started running under cold water. I don't know why. Uh, but um, I think I was just panicking. And I knew, I knew that it was, it was really bad. Tara came over and just to reassure me, I think, said, let me have a look and said, um, Johnny, there's almost no blood. Uh, but I knew that wasn't actually true. Uh, so uh, she then put, um, put uh, like, uh, dabbed it with something. Uh, but by this stage, I was beginning to feel a bit faint, sat in a chair, and then passed out. Uh, so I was then lying on the floor. Um, one child went to get me um, a, a cushion for my head. Um, another child held the, um, the pad against my hand, in my, in my mind, to stem the bleeding. I think, I think they were just holding my hand. Uh, whilst another child um, bounced a football next to my head. <laughs> and another child ate their cornflakes completely oblivious. <laughs> now that is a kind of picture of grace, kind of in my total weakened state, experiencing the kindness of my family. And actually it was, it was undeserved. Because that morning, Tara and I had had... Well, I managed to upset Tara. I won't go into all the details, but it had something to do with, with Match of the Day. And I managed to give her the impression that Gary Lineker was more important to me than, than she was. Anyway, so I'd upset her that morning. And yet, she and the children were so kind to me. They, it was just pure, pure grace. Mary has been filled with grace. The reason she's able to overcome her fear is that God has poured into her life goodness and kindness and his blessings and his love. And that's how we overcome fear. It's not by trying to avoid the frightening thing. 
it's by being filled with the grace of God that means we can overcome anything else. Remember the perfect tense. She has been filled with grace. That means God has given her everything she needs for this moment. And God has given each one of us everything we need to say yes to the call of God on our life. We already have it. It's already there, prepared for us. Be filled with something stronger. Uh, filled with something deeper. The next thing is to attach ourselves to something stronger. Mary is not only filled with grace, but she's full of faith. She puts her faith in God. And what she, the way she describes herself is as a servant, duly, or slave or servant of God. In other words, she's saying... I put myself under your responsibility. Whatever you want. I trust you. You know what you're doing. You know what's going on. I'm just your servant. And she attaches herself to, uh, to God. And that's how she overcomes fear. When uh, one of our children was, uh, must have been about uh, three, uh, three or four years old, they were frightened of water, and particularly uh, the sea, which is annoying if you live by the sea. And so we'd go down to the beach, and they wouldn't go even near to the sea. And one day I thought, I'm gonna, I want to help uh, my child to overcome, overcome this fear. So I picked him up, and he held on to me, and then I started taking him into the water. And as we went into the water, the waves started coming, and I could feel him gripping on more and more tightly. And then uh, we went into the water, and Tara could hear from the beach screams. I was thinking, oh no, what is Johnny doing? Because um, he's totally traumatizing our child. <laughs> but actually then she began to realize they weren't screams of terror, they were screams of delight. And he absolutely loved it. But the reason why he'd been able to overcome his fear is he was latched onto me. He was locked into me. He was, I mean, it was almost uncomfortable. How <laughs> tightly he was holding onto me. But because he was holding onto me and attached to me, he was scared of nothing else. And that is the Christian life. That's faith. We attach ourselves to something stronger. And that's what enables us to overcome our fear. And be filled with something deeper. Be attached to something stronger. Uh, Mary's yes, this genoita, is um, an extraordinary yes, really. It is um, a creative yes. This is the word, um, so the Old Testament's written in Hebrew, but was then translated it into Greek. And the word where God says, let there be light, uh, it's, uh, it's the same root word as this. As in, let, let it be, let it happen. Um, and it's a sense of Mary's bringing this new creation into being by saying yes to God. When we say yes to God, it brings new things into being and new projects, new churches, new organizations, new realities, new ideas, new possibilities. It's a creative yes. It's also an eternal yes. Mary never stopped saying yes to her son Jesus. So Mary says yes to Jesus here. She's at the foot of the cross. She's still saying yes to him there. She's there at Pentecost. And she's there now with her son still saying yes to him. This is 
an eternal yes. One final thing. The first word that the angel says to <coughs> Mary is um, kaire, which means greetings, or actually more literally, rejoice. <coughs> uh, be happy. Because God's call on our life is, is frightening, and it's daunting and terrifying and disruptive and all that. <coughs> but God wants us to be happy. As Aslan says to the children at the end of the last, at the end of the last battle, as they enter the, the new Narnia, the new heavens and the new earth, he says to them, you are not yet as happy as I mean you to be. And God says the same actually to each one of us. You are not yet as happy as I mean you to be. The reason why God calls us is not to make us miserable. It's not to ruin our lives. I mean, it's not about us, it's, it's his purposes, ultimately. And God is at work in all things to bring about good for those who love him and are, called, and are called according to his purpose. It's his purpose, not really our purpose. It's his purpose, and we attach ourselves to him. But it's for our joy. It's for our happiness. It's because there are so many things that God longs to pour into each one of our lives, and he can't wait to do it. And that's why he calls us, and that's why he's longing for us each to say yes to him. Amen? Amen. 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 Why don't we stand and let's pray.